0: Welcome to Telltale, the podcast where marketers can learn from interviews with fantastic storytellers.
1: Episode 15 of the Telltale Podcast. I'm your host Brittany Draghorn, and here today with me is Kurt Sanders. Welcome, Kurt. Hello,
0: Britt. How you going?
1: Very good.
0: That's good. That's good.
1: Today, our guest is adventurer in residence for Advanced Queensland, but you may know him as his former title as Island caretaker when he was won the best job in the world in 2009. Can you guess who it is? <laughs> it's Ben Subble. <laughs> Welcome, Ben. Hello. <laughs>
2: really Welcome good to tell be
1: here. Welcome to the podcast. It's
2: good to be here. It's good to finally chat. We've, uh, we've connected digitally a long time ago and we're finally here face-to-face, the real way to do it.
1: That's great. And so we've got you in here today. You just got back from the Ventura program, which is a program of Advanced Queensland. Can you tell us what it is, where you went, what happened?
2: Yeah, so this is um, the brainchild of uh, Mark and I sitting down, Mark Savvy and me sitting down one evening um, we had dinner I talked to him about adventures he talked about the program he was sort of doing as the chief entrepreneur in Advanced Queensland all about building resilience all about um, getting people to believe in themselves because I think in business, when you hit tough times, it's the people that know they can take on a challenge, be that financial or physical or mental. The people that know they can and have been through something tough and testing are the ones that come through the other side and they're a real asset to business. So the concept was, let's get people to go and build their resilience in the great outdoors. I am an advocate for travel, for using the great outdoors as my best classroom ever. So going and taking those learnings I've got into other people, into a business and say, let's get you outside, let's go and do some amazing workshops, let's go and push your physical limits of what you thought was possible for yourself, and at the end of it you're going to come back a stronger person. Plus the people that you've done the experience with are going to be your cohort and your alumni for the future and that is great for business. It's great for Queensland, it's great for advancing you know the whole thing that we're working for. So just interconnected people, place, aims, goals, all those things into into sort of one big ball resilience and stoicism. Absolutely and that I mean it's good to have theories. It's nice to sit down and go, this should work and this might work. We're now five that five days after we got back from the first ever Ventura programme and the feedback and the, the blogs that have been written and the stories that people are telling that came on it. It looks like it's really, really rewarded them, and it's rewarded me because it gives me confidence to go on and produce produce the second, third, and fourth of these programs over the next year. So tell us what happened when you went. Like, what were the activities? What were some of the things that you put these poor
0: people through or now you
2: know,
0: benefited people?
2: I think expectation was a big thing. Um, People were talking about resilience in a, um, can I develop or have I got the grit to get myself through some really tough and testing physical challenges? And that was the perception we wanted people to arrive with. What am I gonna do every day? How's it gonna push me? How's it gonna test me? But I think what it really did is it pushed people mentally more than physically. So we started off, um, and this is, it's nothing testing, it's nothing that bad, with a 5.30 in the morning start, I marched them up to the top of Hamilton Island to Passage Peak. I got them to watch the sunrise out of there. God, and that sounds was tough. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: and that was their first summit. That was their first mental challenge. Okay, I've got myself out of bed with a load of people I don't know, we're gonna walk up this hill, we're gonna sit there together, and talk about the beautiful beautiful Sunday Islands. That was the first bit. We then got them out to um, Whitehaven Beach, another very tough and testing location, yeah. where we um, basically camped overnight. We had a speaker come along, Matt Galinsky, the celebrity chef who lost his um, wife and daughters in a horrible house fire about six years ago. Um, he sat and talked to us about what it took to build him up mentally again, how he overcame a massive um, problem that he'd had in his life, a massive knockback, and how now he... Is a more brighter and um, challenged person who's gone through adversity and really got to the end of it so that was the sort of core was it we do an activity we go out and push ourselves throughout the course of a day we'd sit down on the beach or on top of a mountain in the afternoon and we'd have another amazing speaker would come in and talk to us about their story about how they would built themselves up as a startup how they'd taken that entrepreneurial spirit how they would got through the tough times and how they would got themselves this wonderful position of business that they're currently now sitting in so it was the theory of the whole thing
1: when we spoke to Mark Salby last week on um, the podcast, he was talking about personal development as a means for um, reaching personal goals and things like that, which really teamed you up with your career. Um, obviously, that's the same thing that you were looking at with startups. How does it help them when it really comes to the bottom line in their own startup and being that person who shows up?
2: I think um, we all have hurdles in life. We all get to points where, especially in the startup world, where people yes. are telling you it won't happen, it will fail, you're not gonna do the right thing. And you get those moments of questioning yourself where am I able to go on and do this? Is it really worth my time investment, my financial investment? Being strong enough of mind to know that when a problem you're up against is in front of you that you can go and challenge it that you can go and jump that herd and you can get over the other side that is a really important you know strength and mindset to have i think the thing that we took out of this program more than i really realized at the start was going to happen is it was not just about that personal development and that resilience building but it was very much about the people that you were there with so out of the 20 people that went along we had five or six who had known each other from the eco space before All the rest were coming in fairly fresh, so starting those bonds, having those conversations after we'd done these things together, really opened up doorways. People could ask questions of people they'd never spoken to before. They could build friendships, they could look at different ways to overcome problems. And I think what we really took out of it was that it wasn't just about building an individual. It was about building the resilience of the Queensland community. And that's going to be a, a, a tool that is very hard to put a value on as people grow through their own you know, personal development, as their businesses grow. When times get tough and somebody says, how on earth do I get through this? They've now got friends that they've made on this program They can go back to and go, hang on a minute, Wayne, you talked about this in the past. Have you got any ideas on how I can solve this? So I think the long stage, long-term goal, really, for this whole thing is that We've gone there as individuals. We've dragged through it as a group and a team to get to the end of the the venture program. But at the end of it, you've got all of these people at your disposal who you can use to build yourself, build your business, and overcome those challenges.
0: You were saying before that people have been creating content and blogs and stuff about their experience doing it. What are some of the stories that have come out of it for them?
2: The beautiful thing, and this is one of the things I think that really worked very well, We are, and I am as guilty as everybody else, we are glued to technology. We are answerable immediately to emails. We have to tweet every situation we're in. Being able to disconnect is the best mental reconnection that you can get out of any of these programs. So for four days, these people who are very much involved in the tech world, in the digital world, in digital promotion, were away from their devices. And it's tough, it's like not having a coffee first thing in the morning. You get the headache, you get that mental, oh my God, what do I do? But as soon as you then pull back from that and the days that we had when there were long days kayaking on the water there's nothing more you can do apart from speak to the person in the boat in front of you or get into your thought space start thinking creatively because those moments when we're happy and we're lost from the digital world and we're by ourselves it allows us to think more clearly it allows us to develop ideas it allows us to bounce them off other people so that digital disconnection I think people are reflecting on it as one of the best things they've had. And people have said that since the birth of the internet, they haven't been that disconnected from the internet world. So that, in one sense, was one of the best things we've had.
0: And that would be really hard for a lot of people, wouldn't it? I mean, their
2: businesses rely on it, it's the first thing they do in the morning, it's the remote control for their life. Exactly. It's, it's the first thing that I do when I get out of bed is I look what's happened overnight, what notifications are good, what leads are there to follow. Not having that is a really useful thing, and coming from a, um, an English perspective, now, having lived in Queensland for eight years, I know the attachment to the state of origin here. We were camping on a beach for Game Three of State of Origin, and that was a crucial decider. No one had ability to get on their phones. No Never one was listening doing.
1: out to just hear the roars <laughs> from the mainland. <laughs> we had,
2: we had a, a, probably a fifty-dollar wind-up hand radio that could only pick up six one two ABC. So we had a chance to listen. But it meant everyone got together, we passed the radio around, everyone took it in turns to wind it up, and that was it. We didn't need to be connected to the television, we didn't need the you know the whole build-up, it was just being there in the moment, and that's what the summary. How many it. kayaks did you have and were there any missing as they shot towards <laughs> to watch the main or towards the cab? I can tell you that several points in the first couple of days, lots of kayaks were missing, but only because of the size of the waves. So we had 20 to 25 knot winds blowing on the first two days, and we have people who've never been in kayaks before and when two metre waves are rolling up and down beside you, all of a sudden you're talking to someone in the kayak next to you, and then five seconds later they disappeared off the back of a big wave. And it was an anxious moment sometimes for me, because I love my kayaking and being out in the ocean, but sometimes when there's big swells, when you're paddling along an island that's in the brunt of the wind, and people that had not got any experience with the same situation, I was starting to get there. them like, this is pushing some of these people. We had three or four of them were pretty seasick, one that was crying her eyes out because she didn't think she'd get to the end, but then that relief you go around the next headland, the water dies down, the wind dies down, you pull up on the beach and everyone looks at each other and goes, We did it, we got through.
1: Ben, I was actually in the Whit Sundays last week when you were, and it was rough. Yeah, it was rough, and
2: I hadn't expected any of that. I knew we were going to get a beautiful Whit Sunday's winter, so it was going to be you know warm evenings. It was going to be beautiful sunny days, but we didn't add on to that the sort of twenty to twenty five knot winds, which were making Whitehaven Beach look like you know a surf beach. And in, in, in the end of the day, it was it wasn't like Cyclone Debbie coming through, but there was definitely some wind up there, and that just upped the ante even more. You know, we all see the picture postcards of what we think the Whit Sundays are going to be like but you add mother nature throwing in her you know, 10 cents worth and all of a sudden you've got a very different recipe and that was the thing that kept everyone on their toes for the first three or four days.
1: Yeah, wow. Hey, um, while we're talking about the wet Sundays, we should probably talk about the best job in the world and find out if it was actually the best job in the world.
2: The best job in the world for me was an amazing stepping stone. Um, I'd already been having adventures around the world in Africa. I'd been on some big expeditions that I'd planned myself. Coming and being able to take the skills I'd learned as a, I suppose, early day blogger, taking that skill set to Queensland, who were obviously at the forefront of digital promotion, digital marketing, and then using it to sell Queensland to the world through my blogs and through my videoing and website writing and and, and photography. All those different things were great skills that I could bring to the table, but it was a marketing campaign. It was about selling Queensland. So it was really, really busy, and everyone thought it was just me gonna be in a hammock reading books. We hosted so many different groups of media from around the world, but it was about selling Queensland. Um, And what it's done is it's given me I suppose my best life in the world because I then was in Australia. I met my wonderful girl who's now my wife and soon to be mother of our child in about two weeks' time, Sophie. So, oh, wow. so that, was the, that was the most amazing thing that it's brought to me. So every time I go back to the Whit Sundays, and this is why the first Ventura program went to the Whit Sundays, I, I have a passion and a love for that place. They looked after me so well. I hope I gave something back. But after Saifel and Debbie had ripped through the tourism industry out there, being able to go back, take a group of people up there to help out with some eco-initiatives, to basically work with national parks, to promote the fact that the place is open and running and up for business again. That messaging is something that I thought was so important. So the Sundays hopefully will have benefited as a community out of the messaging that we've given about why it's such an amazing place to go. Yeah, from a, from a marketing perspective, because technically this is a marketing podcast. From a marketing
0: perspective, like best job in the world is Probably up there with one of the best travel campaigns of all
2: time. How does it feel to be a part of that? I was the lucky one at the end out of 35,000 people who got to front up something as monumental and unique and innovative as that. We're all on about entrepreneurial ideas. This is exactly what that was it was jumping in the front of the way when digital technology was really coming to fruition. I don't think anybody in the world had had to do a one minute application video as their resume. And believe me, if they'd have got my resume, I would not have got the job. <laughs> so being able to create a video of all those summaries and experiences I'd had over the you know, two, three years before that traveling and put them together in that sort of video was a really, really cool thing to be involved with. Tourism Queensland really maximized it and capitalized on it. And as a marketing campaign now, I get, this is a weird thing, okay, I get every six months, I get a bunch of about 10 emails from a school in France they have in one of their French textbooks the best job in the world as a case study, and I get these emails from little kids that are saying what their dream job would be. It happens from a school in South America, so this is nearly a decade later. The resonance of the campaign and how attractive it was as an idea and a concept is still being rolled out to young kids all around the world. So it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, involved. that,
0: that resonance is actually incredibly powerful for, for
2: tourism Queensland.
0: Um, we talk about story being at the core of most businesses who, that are successful. Um, you're obviously a pretty handy storyteller. You're so what advice would you have for marketers or small businesses that are struggling with that aspect of their business?
2: I think it's always about owning your niche, owning your space because at the end of the day, um, if I now went out and tried to set myself up as a travel blogger, there are X million number of travel bloggers around the world. It's jumping on a new medium early enough to get there first, to ride the wave, to be that first person. And then you've got to find your share. You've got to find, I'm not just someone who loves travel, and you've got to find what your unique space is. And I'm one of, again, a million different adventurers around the world, but I love to try and bring innovation into the adventure space. And to me, that is about doing something in a different way, in a unique way, because 200 years ago, Scott of the Antarctic went across the Antarctic. And every year you hear about someone who's done it, the first man with no left leg to do it, the first man with no right leg to do it, the first woman with no arm to do it. And they're not that groundbreaking. But looking at trying to do something in a different way is the way to capture that market share, create your your individuality. So I like the idea of innovation, not duplication, in adventure, and that's the key and the theme that I try and run for all of these things. So going out in the last four years and having set three different world records for weird and wacky things, if you can get that space, I always say anyone can set a world record. Just don't try and break someone else's. Do something for the first time. Do something new. It's
1: easier, isn't it? Exactly, much easier. That's actually spot on because what we hear all the time is that In the digital space, it's crowded and you can't compete with, say, some blogs that are really killing it. The Mm. thing is, there's always an audience just for you if you can answer one of each.
0: So,
2: it's spot on. Yeah, Yeah, it's very interesting, that one.
0: Absolutely spot on, we're nearly out of time except uh, we have one little last question for you and I hope you're prepared. We ask every guest, what is one of the best clangers, one of the best white lies you've ever told?
1: And we're sure you've got a good one. And
2: we, yeah, absolutely. So this is, this is part of, in 2008, before I won Best Job in the World, I was on my own expedition called Afrotrex. And Afrotrex was for me to drive from London to Cape Town in my Land Rover, all the way around the outside of Africa. And my charity aspect was to do 10 challenges in that time five marathons and the five highest mountains in Africa. I did my mountains, I got all five done, I did my marathons, except there was one marathon, and it's the Neisner Marathon in South Africa, that I planned my entire expedition around this itinerary. I need to be in those places on these days to do the marathon, and I got the first three done, and I got to now, and I turned up. The marathon had happened the day before. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to go out by myself and retrace the route through the forest park They'd taking out all the signs, all the markers. I ran the actual course. I just did it a day after the other 10,000 other people the day. So I told everybody I'd done the marathon because I had. I just didn't do it on the official day of the marathon. Oh,
1: semantics. I know, exactly.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty go. sure we couldn't let you get away with that one. <laughs> ben,
1: that was fantastic. It was so great having you on the Telltale podcast. Kurt, as always, thanks for coming. And remember businesses, tell your tale. Tell. Telltale is part of the Content Division podcast network. You can subscribe on iTunes or stream it from the contentdivision.com.au forward slash podcast.